All right, well, we are in uh, week nine of our series dealing with holiness, um, and we are on week four of watching my mullet grow to the level of Evgeny Plushenko, the Russian male figure skater. Uh, that, that, as I've said before, this is all I will imitate. Uh, I will not imitate the sequin shirts. I will not imitate. In fact, uh, last night um, I, I, I was shaving, and uh, leave like came in. She's like, "Why'd you shave your sideburns? That that makes the mullet look good." But see, if you're going true mullet, you do not have sideburns. I mean, it, it's all drawn right here, right? So I'm getting some good plumage. All right, um, it's coming along nicely in the back. I'm not sure where my hair ends and the neck hair begins anymore. So that's pretty gross and cool. But uh, so anyway, uh, I am imitating. Um, Evgeny Plushenko, uh, I've been doing some research, he's been doing some interviews after he won his silver medal, and uh, yeah, he's, he's an interesting dude. Don't understand a word he says because he, he speaks Russian, so, uh, but it's cool to watch him, you know, because he and his wife are like rock stars in, in Russia. That has nothing to do with the message I just thought I'd share. Um, but today we are talking about imitating Christ, and last week we talked about how Christ dealt, or shouldn't say dealt, how he had a relationship with his heavenly father, how he spoke to him, how he, how he communicated to him, and we, sought, we seek to imitate that in our own lives. Today we're going to look at Christ and how he uh, deal, dealt with people, me and you, how he speaks to us then as well as today. Now, um, I don't know why, but I got a little a little anxiety going on today with with the message, and so uh, let me t- let me stop and and just uh, and just pray for a second. Father, uh, I pray that you will speak to our hearts right now. God, I ask that you will um, you will calm my spirit. You will allow me to say only what you want to say. I pray that nothing will come will come out of my mouth except for you and your truth. So, Father, right now I pray that you will use me as your hands and feet, as your spokesman. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so here's the deal. I've been reading this book uh, I've been telling you all about. It's called Because We Love Him by a guy named Clyde Cranford. And he wrote an interesting uh, sentence that I don't know why. It just caught my attention. It says, He's talking about Christ. He says, many rejected him, but none could be indifferent. Many rejected him, but none could be indifferent. Some accepted him, but no one was indifferent. Nobody walked up to Jesus Christ and said, what's up, dude? Had a conversation with him and walked away and kind of went, eh. Nobody did that. Nobody was an agnostic if they spoke to Jesus, you know? They didn't walk up to him and say, what's up, dude? Well, what do you think about him? Yeah, kind of agnostic about him. You know what I'm saying? Nobody did that. Because Jesus impacted you, whether, whether you enjoyed that impact or not, whether you took his challenge or not. And so people in Jesus' day, they either they did one of two things, nothing more, nothing less. They rejected him or they accepted him. That's all they did. Today, 
it should be no different. There should be no such thing as agnostics. There shouldn't be. And if there are, then what that means is they have not come face to face with someone who truly believes in Christ, with someone who is willing to share their faith, with someone who is willing to step up and say, listen, you may hate me after I share this with you, but I want to share about who Christ was. And, and, and for us, I, I got to tell you, we need to get comfortable, I mean really comfortable, with the fact that people are going to reject us. We need to, to, to say, oh, they turned us down. They spit in my face. They wanted to fight. And we need to be able to say, it's okay. It's all right. Because our job is, is, not, to, is not to try to just, oh, I'm going to win the world, I'm not going to do this. Our job is just to be obedient. And let God do all the other work. Y'all with me? Everybody, everybody with me so far? I turn, the, I turn the air down really low so everybody stays awake today, right? All right. It's like Ed Sullivan Theater in here. Now, we also need to get comfortable with the fact that many people will accept Christ. Many people are going to, to, to take the challenge that he presents before us or them and, and, and say, you know what, I'm ready to follow Christ. Sometimes that makes us feel uncomfortable because it seems to happen so rare that we don't know what to do when that, when that happens, right? I mean, we're just, it happens and we're like, oh, really? Okay, all right. And here's, here's the deal. The reason you may be uncomfortable with both is because you probably don't do it enough. The reason you're uncomfortable with both is because you don't share. You're more worried about what other people think about you and what they'll say about you than you are about what Christ thinks about you. And that's tough to start off a message with, but hang in here with me. Because today we're going to look at how Jesus dealt with people. Remember, the, 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 the main point of this entire series is this. Holiness does not bring us to Christ. We cannot try to be holy and then all of a sudden get to the pearly gates and say, I'm here and look at me. I've done a lot of good stuff. And God says, well, you still got all the bad stuff with you and you drug it up here. I'm sorry, it doesn't count. We don't work in heaven on a, does your good outweigh your bad? We work in heaven on a, did my son cover up all of your sin and take your righteousness? Does my son know you? Because if so, you're more than welcome. If not, sorry, you're not. Holiness does not lead us to Christ. Christ and a relationship with him leads us to holiness. Remember that. I mean, constantly tell yourself that. So listen, in order to grow in Christ, we are to be obedient in following him by imitating his life and how he dealt with others. Here's your first point. In order to grow in your relationship with Christ and grow in holiness, because if you grow in your relationship with Christ, you will grow in holiness. You must be truthful. You must be truthful. Truth is the very characteristic of Jesus Christ, of God himself. 
No lie ever came from his mouth. Nothing ever deceiving came from God. He's always been up front. People tried to trap him, and instead of falling into their trap, he would actually kind of turn the tables on them and say, all right, I kind of see your trap, so let me just spin it around. But he never would lie. Jesus was good. Jesus was really good when it came to people trying to trap him. In order to grow in your relationship with Christ and grow in holiness, you must be truthful. Christ's entire ministry revolved around truth and being truthful. So let's look at what he did. If you have your Bibles, turn to uh, John chapter 14. I want to read, while you're turning there, I want to read John chapter 17, verse 17 real quick for you. But turn to John chapter 14, uh, verse 1. John chapter 14, verse 1. John chapter 17, verse 17 says this. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. This is truth. Jesus himself was truth. And if you, yeah, if you need a Bible, there's some in the back back there. Uh, we're going to have uh, John 14 up on the screen. But listen. John, in the very first chapter, says the word was God, the Word was with God and was God. The Word is Jesus Christ Himself. And Jesus is doing an incredible play on words in, in, in verse 17. He says, Sanctify them by your truth, by me, by your Word, by what I say, by what I do. Sanctify them by the truth, your Word, I am truth. Now, over to John chapter 14. This is a great verse. It's one of my favorite uh, passages of Scripture. Jesus is with his disciples. He's up in uh, this thing. This play, this, uh, they call it the upper room. But it's like, you know, it's a room upstairs. It's like your playroom, okay? A, a upper bedroom uh, or whatever. And he's up in this room with all his guys, all his disciples. He knows what's coming. He knows he's about to go and be crucified. And he knows that he's about to leave these guys, at least physically. And so he begins to comfort them. Chapter 14, verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And right now they're like, yeah, okay, I'm with you. Okay, cool. I trust you. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would, not, I would, I would have told you. But we're not so I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Cool, right? I mean, seriously? I mean, big honking mansion. We got a room of our own, you know? Big bed. Maybe wood floors. I don't know, you know? I mean, but Jesus is going up there to sand them down and wax them, you know, get them ready, okay? He's going to prepare it for us. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. So... If I'm going to go prepare a room for you, I'm coming back to get you, and I'm going to show you your room. You know, just like when you go to somebody's, get, to somebody's house and they show you your room. You know, here's your room. The sheets are fresh. We've got some new toiletries in the bathroom. Okay, you're good to go. Right? And then in verse 4, he throws them a curveball. You know the way to the place where I am going. Really? And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? 
See, Thomas is thinking, okay, wait, wait, where, where are you going? I mean, we're hanging back, and then you're taking off, and so, like, what, we go down Main Street, we take a left on 3rd? What, what's the deal here? Jesus is like, no, 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 you're not, you're not understanding me. I am the way. And he says this. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, see, Thomas is looking for something physical here. He's looking for a building. He's looking for a place. Where are we going? And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. I, I'm right here, dude. You follow me and you imitate me. I am the way. Verse 7. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. Y'all, y'all get that? I mean, don't, don't overlook that. This is big time stuff. Because if you want to know Dad, the Father, in heaven, then you've got to know Jesus Christ. It doesn't work any other way. I'm sorry, but it doesn't. You can't come up to, Jesus, to God and say, Hey God, how you doing? Man, I have talked to you all the time, all through my life. And God says, Yeah, but you refused to really know who I was. I had a son. And you didn't want to know him. You know, that's like you coming into my house and saying, hey, how you doing? And my kids run up to you and give you a big hug, and you're like kicking them off, and you're treating them bad, and you're like, man, get off. What is going on here? I don't need, who are these? These rugrats, you know? They're my kids, man. What's going on? Ah, they're not your kids. It's no different when you come up to God and say, no, I don't believe in your son. God says, why not? I'm the one that made him, or sent him down, you know? I mean, what's the deal? It's no different. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. There are three things that jump out at me in this passage. The first thing is, we as Christians need to speak truthfully. We as Christians need to speak truthfully. Guys, we live in a world... We live in a world that not only will lie to you, but even among friends, we live in a world that, that we will tell little half-truths or little lies or even big lies so that we don't hurt someone's feelings. So that we don't make someone feel bad. But here's the problem with this. The problem is huge. One, you're not telling the truth. And eventually that gets found out. Two, you're leading someone else down the wrong path. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're saying, no, 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 no. It's okay. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. You're fine. You're fine. There's many examples. For some of you singles, this is why you hate bringing around boys or girls that you're dating to me, right? This is why, why you, you come up here or you bring them by the house and you're like, oh, gosh. Because you know I'm going to tell you the truth. And this is why it aggravates you. But listen, I will never lie to you. This is one of the things where, where when God brings two people together, it's an amazing thing. I mean, it is incredible. And it's also easily seen. And so when, whenever, you, whenever this happens, I know, I know how y'all feel, and you're like, oh, God. He doesn't need to meet him. No, what if he doesn't like him? What if he... Most of the time I will. 
But they better be following Christ if you're a Christian. Sometimes I have people bring me to a house or an apartment. And they're like, what do you think? Isn't this place great? And I'm looking around and I'm thinking, how much did this place cost? And they tell me and I say, you can't afford that. You know you can't afford that. I will not lie to you. If you can't afford it, it's not right. It's not biblical. And you shouldn't be in it. You shouldn't be getting in a car that you can't afford. A house you can't. I mean, you got to stay within your means. That's biblical. It's just plain common sense. Right? Especially now. Guys, when your wife comes up to you and says, Does this dress make me look fat? No, no it does not. Absolutely not. But what if it does? What are you going to do? This is harder than anything. If you're a guy. There's no way out. Here's what you do. You turn around and you walk out of the room. That's what you do. Mm-mm. But truth needs to be told at all times. Every single statement that comes out of your mouth. There was, there's been a ton of surveys, but... Uh, the last one I saw said that we tell 70 lies a day. And that, that, I mean, that includes like little half lies, little half truths, exaggerations, making ourselves look better, flat out lies. You know what I'm saying? 70. Everyone is a sin against God. Everyone is where he says, I want, it's one of the commandments. I mean, you don't have to know everything about God, but you know the Ten Commandments, and one of them is don't lie, right? I mean, just don't. Whoops. I need to work on that, right? Is that what you're thinking? I I, I get with that. We need to be truthful. Listen, sometimes truth is going to hurt feelings. Sometimes truth may cause damage to a relationship. But truth will always prevail. It may hurt a relationship in the short term. But in the long run, it is going to benefit both you and the person you speak to. We must always be truthful. We see it here with Jesus. He's just flat out being truthful. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's a tough statement. Because if anybody other than the disciples heard this, or it got out, we're stoning Jesus. Because what he is just saying is that no one can get to heaven unless you know me. Unless you have a relationship with me. Yeah, that's what he said. He said it, and he meant it. And he's truthful. Always. He's always speaking truth. Sometimes it's going to take courage to speak truth. But most of the time, it just takes obedience. Most of the time, it just takes obedience. Because a lot of times, telling people the truth isn't going to hurt their feelings. They're going to be thankful to you for for speaking up and being truthful, right? I mean, a lot of times people go, you know what, you're right. Thank you. Thank you for telling me the truth. Thank you for being honest with me when all these other idiots out here just tell me what they think I want to hear 
thanks, I appreciate that. It just takes obedience. But your commitment to Christ to be obedient, your commitment to be obedient to Christ must outweigh anybody else's feelings. Y'all with me? Y'all hear me? Your obedience to Christ must outweigh anybody else's feelings. Ever. I was speaking to my mother-in-law last night, and um, she had an issue she was dealing with, and I don't know what it is about the Thames ladies, but uh, they, they know I'm going to tell them the truth. So she calls me up, and she's telling me this issue. I'm not going to share it with you. You don't care. And, and, and I'm like, well, all right, not that big of a deal. Don't worry about it. It could be a big deal. I see how it could. I see what you're saying. It's not that big of a deal. She's like, really? It's a huge deal. I mean, I think, whoa, this is crazy. There's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, and it's, I mean, she's really, I mean, she just, ah, you know, that kind of thing. And don't, you, need to, you need to just cool your jets, you know. I told her that. This is my mother-in-law. I shouldn't speak to my mother-in-law like that. I said, Laura, you just cool your jets. Hang on. Just take a few nights. Relax. Sit back. Chill. And just let it simmer. And see what happens. See how you feel in three days. Because if you let this eat you up, then it's just going to keep you awake at night. Then you're going to start getting on medication. And then you're going to, I mean, then your medication's not going to work. It's still going to eat you. I mean, it's just going to be a horrible cycle. Just, just relax. You're like, yeah, you're right. Okay, okay, all right. Well, thanks. Appreciate it. And that's the reaction you'll get most of the time when you tell truth to other people. So speak truthfully. If we will imitate Christ in truth, here's what he's doing. He's setting the table for us, putting the sheets on. Not the 200 thread count, we're talking the 1,000 thread count, the stuff that feels good, right? All the soap is filled up, right? It's been cleaned, the mirrors are looking good. If we will be truthful and imitate Christ in truthfulness, he's setting it up for us. Our room is being set up and ready to go. Speak truthfully. You know how this is going to change your life? You're going to learn how to say no. You're going to learn how to say, I can't do that. It's not something I can do. You're going to learn how to confront somebody with love and honesty, not out of judgment, not out of you, ah! nothing like that, but just, listen, I see where your life is going right now. And I just want to be honest with you and share with you and be truthful with you because you were here and I see you sliding away from Christ. I see you moving in the opposite direction you were. And you can do that in love and honesty. You're going to learn how not to people please. I used to be a people pleaser. Now I think I'm a people aggravator. You know what I'm saying? Now I think it just people, you know, people don't want to talk to me. Oh, no, don't do it. They'll tell you the truth, you know? And I will. I don't see negative things and everything. I just, I think I see things how they are. And I love to encourage people, and I love to tell people, man, you are doing a fantastic job and whatever this or that, and I see God working in your life here or there. But I also see where Satan attacks. I also see how, how God how things in our life can pull us away from God. You'll learn how to love others even when they reject you. That's, that's why it is so important to speak truthful 
truthfulness to people. It's so important because when you're doing this, listen, when you're doing this, you grow in your relationship with Christ and you grow in holiness. One day you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to see somebody that's incredibly holy and you're going to wonder how you got there. Oh, yeah, my relationship with Christ is growing tremendously. B, Christ was a teacher. We need to imitate him and teach truth. We need to teach truth. See, it's one thing to speak truth, but I'm stepping it up a notch because Jesus stepped it up a notch and he constantly taught truth. Every one of you have someone in your life that you are teaching either on a daily basis, a weekly basis, somehow, some way, you are teaching people. And so you need to understand that you have to always teach truth. You know how Jesus taught truth? How he communicated truth? He communicated it by repetition. Words in scripture like scent. If you ever did a word study on scent, it's in there a gajillion times. Because it is a missional word. It means you go and do. He talks about it with himself. My father sent me here so that I can love you so that you can have a relationship with him through me the word truly truly y'all ever see that verily verily truly truly basically it means yo listen up seriously its root is in truth truthfully truthfully i'm fixing to tell you a nugget of wisdom that you do not want to let go and maybe you need to start talking like this maybe maybe i come up to laura and truly truly laura i'd like to share something with you I'm excited about you going out on the mission field. Verily, verily, Laura, I'm excited for your life and what's going on. It gets people's attention, you know. Mind pictures. He told parables. He told stories, right? Visual aids. He would take, he would take a dude that's completely blind or lame sitting on the side of the road, and he'd walk up to him, and he'd go, Boop, you're healed. We played this game in college, and it didn't quite work, you know. He'd walk up to him and say, do you believe in me? And the guy would say, yeah, I've heard about everything you've done. He said, get up, walk. He'd spit on the ground and rub it in their eyes, and all of a sudden they could see. Hadn't seen for 45 years, but what do you know? I can see, you know. I'll take a little saliva dirt in my eyes to see, wouldn't you? He uses these these people and and fig trees he walks along the road and he touches a fig tree and he just kills it i mean whoa that'll get your attention you know everybody's like step away from jesus you know what's going on here the loaves and the fishes and multiplying them mind pictures he uses or visual aids he uses object lessons where he actually took a towel and he washed the disciples feet to show them what it means to be a true servant illustrations he talked about farming and the seasons stuff that people really understood listen this is stuff that we need to do as well this kind of stuff we need to speak to people in something that will capture their attention this is how we teach he'd ask a probing question we walked up to jesus and he asked him three times in three different ways peter or he walked up to peter he walked up to Peter and said, Peter, do you love me? Yeah, I, I love you. 
and then in the English, if you translate it uh, from Greek, it's the next question is, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yeah, I love you. And then the third question is totally different in Greek, but in English it is, Peter, do you really love me with everything that you are? Do you love me? And Peter says, yes, I do. Jesus used all kinds of examples, and he used his own experiences as well. He taught truth. I don't know what that means for your life. I don't know the people that are in your life. I don't know how you need to do it, but you need to teach truth. You need to speak truthfully in all of your conversations. But for those of you that, those of you that have people, well, we've all got people, but for the people that are in your lives, you need to teach truth to them. Everybody with me? I mean, this is, this is getting tougher. But if you teach truth, then both you and the person you teach truth to are going to grow in Christ and grow in holiness. It's, it, it's, it's like another step. I mean, it's just going to challenge you that much more. It's harder, but it will just raise you up one more notch. Now, let's step it up again. C, you need to live truthfully. You need to live truthfully. If you don't live truthfully, then everything before this, speaking truthfully, teaching truthfully, it's all hypocrisy. If you're not doing this, then please don't do that. If you're not living truthfully and living the words of Christ and living the words of Jesus, please do not go around teaching people about Jesus because I don't want you reflecting on me. I know, I sound rough, don't I? But I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, want, I don't want to have to go back and deprogram somebody because they got the wrong impression about who Jesus was. Here's what I want of us. I want us to live it out so that when we do speak truthfully and teach truthfully, people are never going to reject us. People will always say, dude, whatever you got, I want that. Because it is incredible. This is how people see Jesus. Because we live it out. We're living truthfully. What we say and what we do comes out of who we are. We were sitting around the, the table after we had looked at this building the other day, and I was sitting there struggling with, in my mind, with the city, the city of New Orleans, because if we do certain things in this building, we've got to get permits, and if we just do other things in the building, then we don't have to get permits, and somebody else can get a permit over their area, like the electrician, and, and so I'm sitting here thinking, oh, I know how the city of New Orleans is. I know how Jefferson Parish is. This is going to be a nightmare if we have to do permits. But if I'm going to live truthfully, then I need to obey the laws of the land. And if that means we have to get a permit, we've got to get a permit. And I told everybody around the table, I'm like, how can we get out of this? What can we do? And they were like, eh, well, we can build walls and not have to get permits, I don't think. But, but if we do this or that, then we've got to get permits. 
uh, permits are going to be so expensive in the architectural drawing. This is going to be a nightmare. But if we're going to obey the laws of the land, no matter how illegal those laws may be or seem to be, here's the thing. I think God is going to bless us and take care of us and provide for us. And so we're going to do things the way God wants us to do things. And if we end up working, everything works out and we get this building, then we do it right. And we lay it in God's hands and we let him take care of it. Is that hard for me? Yeah, because I do not want to deal with Sea Ray. You know what I'm saying? I do not want to deal with the city of New Orleans and all the stuff that goes into it. I don't. But it's the right thing to do. And if I'm going to live truthfully, then maybe one of these inspectors that comes by and starts pointing all this stuff out, maybe we lead him to Christ. I don't know how it works out. God does. God can work all this stuff out. But listen, we must live truthfully. When you live truthfully, then you are going to impact everyone around you. Everyone. And, and guess what? Not only do you grow closer to Christ, but you grow in holiness as well. Holiness is going to be something you will desire more and more and more. And then lastly... We tend to sometimes get big-headed when we get a lot of God. We think we start to know things, and we think we start to get... You need to, and this is D, allow truth to humble you. Allow truth to humble you. Live truthfully and allow truth to humble you. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And what does he do right after this? He walks into the Garden of Gethsemane and humbles himself before soldiers and before men who put him up on a cross and crucify him and kill him. Jesus Christ. We must consistently, constantly allow truth to humble us. Because here's the truth for me and you. The truth is you do not deserve Jesus Christ. The truth is you do not deserve our Father in Heaven. The truth is you're just as dirty as I am and should not be allowed into Heaven. But if you have that relationship with Christ and he says he is the way and he is the truth and he is our life and we are walking and trying to imitate that, then that truth should humble you incredibly. You should be on your knees a lot because you realize that all, all of a sudden you will realize God's grace is so big. And his mercy on you is huge. And it has covered all of your junk. All of the stuff you carry around and maybe even still kind of dragging along with you. He took care of it all. He didn't need to. He didn't have to. He could have just wiped us all out and started over. He chose to. Because he loves us. 
because we are his one desire. He looks at us and he says, I want you. Not us, you. Individually, he desires us to follow him truthfully. And this is how we do it. This is how we deal with one another in truth, by speaking truth, by teaching truth, by living truth. You cannot live out truth unless you have a relationship with Christ. You can't do it. It's impossible. You cannot be truthful in front of God without Christ. Because he says the only way you get to him is through Jesus Christ. Pray with me. Father, you are our God. And you have sent your son to show us, to give us an example of how to relate to one another. God, I pray that we will constantly be truthful. I pray that the words that come out of our mouths will be rooted in your word and rooted in truth. I pray, Father, that those of us that have teaching, uh, that, that can teach those around us. And Father, we've all got different people in our mind. I pray that you show us how to teach better. Help us to, to move from situation to situation and know exactly how to make you come alive in our conversations. God, I pray that you will help us to live what we say. May we talk, walk the talk, Father. And Father, I pray that you will consistently and constantly keep us humble so that we know we have no power in and of ourselves. So that we know that the only reason that we can share your truth is because you chose to bring truth to earth in the form of a man, Jesus Christ. Father, may we be truthful so that we can love one another and so that we can grow closer to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.